0: To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program.
1: Hello and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. In this podcast, we talk to experts in and around the analytics industry. One week, we may talk to a data scientist from a FANG tech company. Then the next week, we may talk to a data engineer or business analyst, or even I may pull one of my consulting clients so you get to hear from an executive on how they use data to drive business decisions day in and day out. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm the founder of Silvertone Analytics, which is a boutique consulting agency that focuses on analytics for medium to small-sized businesses. I'm also a professor at Greensboro College, where I teach analytics. Most recently, I have founded the Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program, which melds these two job functions together. This is your opportunity to work directly with me and one of my clients. The Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program is a three month program. In the first month, you're going to be completing the Analytics Foundation Certification backed by Greensboro College. Then in month two, you're going to be taking that knowledge base that you developed in month one and applying it out in the field where you're going to be working with one of my client's executive teams, where you're going to be solving a business problem using data and analytics tools. Then in the third month, we're going to bring it all together with a full month of career services. Now, this is going to be quite a bit different than the typical career services at a university or a college. Here, I'm going to help you build a professional brand around where you are as an analyst. So in the first month, you have worked with a ton of different data sets. We're going to take the data sets that really resonate with you to help you hone in on your ideal entry-level job. We're going to build a Tableau public portfolio around that area of expertise. We're going to razor-focus your resume and LinkedIn. And I'm also going to coach you on how to talk about yourself in an interview setting. So if you're ready to break into the analytics space, Head over to learn.sovertoneanalyticsslash apprenticeship. And there you can learn more about the program. And if you're interested, you can apply. With all that being said, let's start the podcast episode. I have an announcement. Between July 23rd and August 11th, we are going to be conducting a data visualization competition you'll get to participate in this if you sign up for our marketing analytics case study course so what we're going to do is have you compete for a chance to win a spot on the podcast all you have to do is finish the course post your visualization to linkedin tag us in it and you'll be entered in on this competition so what are the benefits for you well number one you're going to build a killer analytics portfolio piece. Number two, if you tag us in it and we comment on your LinkedIn post, this is going to be a wide range of exposure for you. And then number three, if you win, you get to come on the podcast and have an expert review your work. So that's just hugely valuable just into itself. So Michael Galarnik is a true heavy hitter in the analytics space. He is published on LinkedIn He's a lecturer at Stanford, and he is currently the Head of Developer Relations at AnyScale. On August 13th, he is coming on our How to Get an Analytics Job live stream to review our finalists. Well, I realize you may be a little bit intimidated, but let me ease your anxiety a little bit. So what I'm going to be doing over the next two weeks is I'm going to be quite vigilant on checking my tags on LinkedIn. So if you come up with your first iteration of your dashboard, tag me in a LinkedIn post and I will give you detailed feedback on what you're doing well and how you could even improve it further. And I, you can even tag me multiple times. I'm open to taking an iterative approach because so I think that's probably the best way to build out a really solid analytics portfolio. So all you have to do is tag us, post your work publicly, and you're going to be entered in in this contest. And I can't wait to see the finalist results because already we have Deepak and we have Abe Diaz who have taken this course and tagged me on multiple iterations of their dashboards and they look fantastic. So if you're ready to beef up your personal brand in the analytics space, then join us in on this challenge. I dare you. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So we've got a full house today. So we've got... John Poller, welcome, and we've got Hunter, we've got Albert. Hi everybody, how are you doing?
2: Okay. Doing Good. Great. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on, guys. This is this is fantastic. Uh, your upcoming challenge sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, if, I think it's a neat concept of I think a lot of people do a lot of hard work, but they do it in private. So the piece of of like not only doing. Like having wins, building skills, but having people see it is really, really valuable.
2: Yeah, oh, I think, couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah, um, Al, do you have headphones on? Or can you? I think we're getting a little bit of feedback.
2: No, but I'll go on mute.
1: Okay, perfect. Um, well, now we can't hear you. <laughs> I guess you can just do sign language. <laughs> Thumbs up. Um, all right. Well, uh, so John, what we're going to be talking about today, essentially, in a, in a nutshell, is going to be how to transition or how to how to grow within the analytics space. And I, I love that title of, what is it, um, how I would learn analytics if I had to go back. So how about we start off with who you are, you kind of give us a rundown, and then we'll jump into that topic.
2: Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm one of the instructors at Maven Analytics. Um, I teach SQL. That's my primary passion right now is um, helping others get really good with relational databases and, apply SQL on the job. Um, it's not how I started my career, though. I, I dove in initially to being an Excel jockey full-time. Uh, I was working for an agency that that served a number of different uh, client partners, so got to see a lot of different business models, um, got to meet Chris Dutton, who ended up being my, uh, my business partner now, who's fantastic. Um, and then later on in my career, uh, I ended up making the transition to spending most of my time in SQL, which is um, something that uh, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I kind of wish I did it a little bit earlier. And then the past couple of years, I've been fortunate enough to get to kind of give back to people who are earlier on in their careers and try to get them up to speed with SQL. Um, and it's, it's just been a ton of fun. So um, thanks a lot for having me here on the podcast. I, I've seen a number of your episodes, and I think for people who are just starting out, Uh, you should just go to YouTube, check out a (laughs) title that you think is interesting and watch it. And uh, my guess is you'll probably end up watching at least three or four. So it's great content and and a great place to start if you're trying to get your bearings.
1: That's a huge compliment. (laughs) Our our goal, or at least one of our goals, is to have that binge-worthy content where it's like you just... And we're, we're kind of building this lore, like L-O-R-E, of like, all right, what happened in this previous episode was this, which we're actually going to be getting into that a little bit later. Um, I guess I'll we'll give a little slight teaser. So the last episode, Hunter got his work critiqued by uh, Jenny Tume. Tume? Tume? Um, and turns out she's a nitpicker. And he <laughs> was so mad because he was on vacation and could not defend his thoughts are explained, so he just got eviscerated. So Hunter is back on to
3: defend
0: himself. Just,
3: just to be clear, I'm not mad at her. She was very respectful. She said that I'm a little bit of a nitpicker. She kind of explained that before she went into it. But there were a few things that I wish I could have been there in person to explain to her. Because the decisions I made, I still stand by some of them. Not all of them. She had some good critiques. But some of them, I think, uh, were I thought they were pretty good. But... Either way, I'm happy to take criticism today as well. I I'm I'm known as being critiqued around here, so.
1: Well, I mean, I, Hunter, I just want you to be seen and heard because I got a very frustrated phone call right after the episode <laughs> <laughs> from you, which is uh. So yeah, okay. So what we're going to be doing is hopping into um, kind of a, a continuation of Hunter recreated our our marketing analytics case study in Power BI, which is um. For those of you who are new and not John Pollard, I don't know if you know this or not. Hunter was my student at High Point University last semester. So we did like a, a, a few modules on Power BI, but I'm much more of a Tableau person. Also, Tableau public is has got the superior kind of personal branding touch where you can, you can actually that, that's an interesting question. This is kind of off topic, but do you know anyone? I, I've seen some people who have Tableau or Power BI. Um, portfolios, are they just doing it on their own website? Or do you guys have you guys seen a a solution for that?
2: Yeah, we so we see two. Um basically people building their own website and just spinning up, you know, the here's the business problem I solved and then link into kind of more detailed stuff with visualizations and maybe some DAX to show off the the technical. Um, So I think that's a great approach. That the downside is you have to build a website and host a website, right? Um, And the other one that people do is GitHub. and same thing, like GitHub, it's it's great. You can host some stuff there for free, but it's maybe not super well packaged up. Um, we're actually talking about at Maven building a, a solution that we'll just put out there for people to to host their own project portfolios because it is such an important thing. And we really don't see anybody totally nail it as a, a solution for aspiring analysts. So I'm, I'm advocating for that one right now. There's a few other tech priorities ahead of it, but... Um, Hopefully in the next couple months, we'll get that out there.
1: No, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Cause I mean, I will say this tableau from me, I mean, cause that's such a, a good, like organic way of, of promoting a product is just having a whole community. And then the, the tableaus and masters and it's like, they built this scene around their product, which is, it's just, it's just fascinating, but yeah, all right. Done a
2: great
1: job. All right. So let's, let's get to the meat and bones. We, we, we're not going to um, dance around it anymore. So let, let's 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 pose that specific question. If you had to go back in time and start from the beginning, would you change anything about your career trajectory, or would you? Do you think that you kind of got lucky and, and went, you know, the straight and narrow from the get-go?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I think there's it's probably a two-part question. There's there's definitely things that. Um, I wouldn't change. They they worked out really, really well. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other things I probably would have changed. And and um I, I think the the things that I got right, they they were sort of more accidents, happy accidents. Um I wasn't super deliberate. And so I'd say that's probably the one thing that I would say if I could go back, I would just be much more deliberate about my career. So um I, I think I sort of lucked into a job that happened to be pretty fun and, and taught me some good skills. Um, but I don't necessarily think I took that job because I realized the opportunity that it was and because I picked those specific skills. And I think that's that's something that I, I definitely recommend for people is first just kind of try to understand the entire space of data because you, know, you say I want to work in data or in analytics. There's so many ways that that, that can go. That could be you know, a data analyst, uh, somebody who loves data visualization, maybe you're more of like a data engineer or DBA type, maybe it's all about modeling for you, right? So thinking about like, what are all those potential things that you could do? Um, And then just try to marry both what you are naturally good at and what you're excited about, and then try to find the roles that that will do that for you. So I think that's something I, I didn't really, you know, when you're, Twenty-two years old when I was getting my first job, I was just really happy that anyone would would hire me um, and, and mm. give me healthcare, right? So, um, so so that's that's probably the biggest thing that I would change uh, if if I had to do one thing over.
1: Okay, so now I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah. How can we hack that? What, what, what's the solution to getting that clarity earlier on in life?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that I didn't take advantage of early is just learning from experts. Um, I, I read some books from, you know, people like Avinash on, uh, on Google analytics. Um, uh, but I didn't, there wasn't this podcast when I was getting started, you know, the, the LinkedIn data community was, was a lot smaller. Um, the YouTube data community was a lot smaller. So I think just finding some people that you are are happy to learn from who have done this and are, are giving away this free information, like just start there. If, and honestly, I think this podcast that we're on right now, if you watched you know three, four five episodes, it's a, it would be a fantastic jump start. Um, it's just such a great overview. So I think just getting getting that lay of the land um, from people who have done it before, like do that first. Um, I, I think that's a great way to do it.
1: yeah, well. Let's kind of the, what I was, I was, I was hoping you would say what you essentially nailed was find, find mentorship, find someone who is where you think you want to be and then figure out, okay, what got them there? Because yeah, in hindsight, like now that we're, we've arrived, we can say, oh, you know, we kind of went around this loop. We could have gone a straight path this way. And what's interesting is that you may get to that place and realize that, oh, this, is, this isn't actually where I want to be. Cause yeah, at 22, like you don't, What's funny, and I see this with my students, like, um, well, Hunter especially, the uh, they they know nothing, but they are so confident. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll pull him back in so he can you got to he retort kidding. here.
3: <laughs> you got to be joking.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Hunter, not so much, but um, I, I do see that a lot with students who they just haven't been exposed to a lot. What, what do they call that? It's like the the beginning of learning something new, you feel really confident, but it's because you don't know what you don't know yet.
2: Yeah. And that's kind of the Dunning Kruger effect or
1: right, right, saying that right. wrong,
2: but yeah.
3: Yeah. Albert said it best, Hunter knows nothing, quoted the day, and we're only twelve <laughs> minutes in. <laughs>
1: no. no, Hunter, I I will defend you. You know quite a bit. I mean, look you, you now know Power BI and Tableau. And you're I mean you're just becoming a junior now, right? Because I got you when you were a sophomore, right?
3: Yeah, you got me the second half of my mm-hmm. sophomore year, and I already know more than I think I learned for the entire first two years of college. But granted, granted, granted I did put in the I did put in the work.
1: I did. That's true. Around. That's true. And I promise, if everyone who's listening, I, I didn't plant him to just brag on me. <laughs> that was genuine. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, uh, I, I dropped my script on the
0: floor. Hold on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, well, also, too, Hunter, I th- I think that we can kind of piggyback off of, um, like, what I've seen your growth. So you were just ex- incessantly curious about what, what's out there. I mean, John, he actually spun us up a Discord server that we're now growing, and he's doing a weekly challenge with random different data sets. So, I mean... Right, hey, kudos to you. Oh. We
3: Actually, this is the first time I've been able to come on the podcast and talk about that, if you don't mind, for just a second.
1: Uh, go ahead.
3: So um, I actually – I've been talking with Tim liesman over at Code for Greensboro. Um, we've been discussing a number of different uh, opportunities that we have with the data collaboration project. Because the first one, we had a few people join here and there, but it wasn't as engaging as I hoped it would be. So we actually – there's a new set of data that I'm cooking up right now, um, that revolves around um, it revolves around uh, fire response times in the Greensboro area. There he is, hey Tim. <laughs> um, and we, we actually, Tim. Now that you're here, we need to call after this or at some point in time soon again um, and get some get some more information on all that. But essentially, what I think the goal is right now is to work with our uh, community. And uh, and actually submit some of the visualizations that we create to the Code for Greensboro event that they're hosting um, and see how that goes. So I, I'm pretty excited about that. We're going to talk more about it later, but yeah.
1: Sweet. Awesome. Thanks for the plug. I'm going to piggyback off that. Maven Analytics has a bunch of challenges, right?
2: Yeah, we try to get one out about once a month. Um th- there's one going on right now around the Olympics, uh, and, and putting together an analysis of the the history of the Olympics. It closes this weekend with the closing ceremonies. Um so it's probably too late for most people to to get into the data set, uh, but we'll have another one launching in another couple weeks. And um and, and we do sa- same ideas, kind of how you were talking about your challenge. We'll interact with people. Um Try to get more visibility for their work. Give give people critiques, and then we also put up um, an annual membership on our platform. So whoever comes up with the best uh, the best project for it, we all get together and vote on that, and then uh, they get an all access membership to the platform, which is Excel, Power BI, SQL, Tableau courses. Um, So it's it's been a lot of fun, um, and it's we've had a couple people who uh, you know you you watch them go through. And they're sort of struggling even just to figure out how to use the tool. They're, they're getting better and better. And by the end, they're these fantastic storytellers. Um, and what the guy I'm picturing right now just reached out uh, about 10 days ago and he said, I got a job. Um, he was transitioning from being uh, a pharmacist into uh, a BI career. And just like you were saying before, John David, he, he took this project and he handed it to the employer during the interview process. And he said, hey, look here's how here's how i took a data set here's how i told the story here's how i visualized it and it's just such a concrete way versus saying i can do the job showing somebody you can do the job right and and it's so i we have a few of those stories just from the the challenges which we started kind of for fun and for learning and then now people are getting jobs on them, which is uh, just a fantastic
1: treat. So, awesome! So it looks like Natika. It was a running joke of like for three episodes. I, I was calling her Nikita, <laughs> and she just she just gave me a little bit slight grilling of uh, mispronouncing Ginny Jumay's last name. Um, but yeah, it looks like you got a fan um, already joining on the chat. Uh, so, can you unpack? What is the benefit from your perspective of these, these community challenges?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a bunch of things. Um, one is just kind of learning together. So uh, if you start following them, you'll you'll see what other people are doing. You'll get ideas of, of what other people are doing. You'll even see um, whether it's some, one of the Maven instructors critiquing it or just someone else in the data community critiquing it and saying like, hey, you know, this chart is okay, but it's not the optimal way to visualize this. You could communicate it more clearly if you did X, Y, Z instead. So there's learning opportunities there. Um, there's, there's building your brand just from, from being out there and participating in such a large community. Um, we had uh, actually w- one of the guys that's been in the challenges from the beginning. He's, he's one of my favorite guys. I won't name him, but he ended up uh, starting doing a lot of stuff with us. He ended up becoming an ambassador for this uh, this other data community. And then he just messaged me this morning that because of all this brand building he's done, he he just got a job offer. And so again, really, really happy mm-hmm. for him. So not to hammer the same story of it, this leads to a job, but just it, it is the most important thing. It's it's why we're all learning this stuff together. Uh, that's the the goal at the end of the day is to get into this really rewarding career path that's. A lot of fun, has a ton of opportunities, has great job security, but is hard to get into, right? And and this is one of the ways um, that, that you can bridge that that difficult first step. So
1: we're gonna take a quick pause from the episode so that I can give you some more information about our career services program. Over the last four years, I have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics. And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. So if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program offers you. analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one with me to help build your personal brand. So we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so we got Noor Afar asking, how do you participate in these challenges? So do you guys have yeah, like a specific absolutely. landing page or?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So if you um, if you follow Maven Analytics on LinkedIn, you'll never miss it. We, we always uh, announce the challenges there. Um, and we always put up a blog post introducing the challenges. So if you just go to mavenanalytics.io slash blog, you'll see some of the previous ones. Um, there's no registration required or anything. You just, you do have to have a LinkedIn account um, you you would then go to uh, the data playground, which data playground is this. Um, it's a tool that we built that uh, people can go and download data sets um, there. They're curated data sets that we think are really good for for training purposes. Uh, again, that's that's free to download. It doesn't even require having a, a registered account with Maven or anything like that. So that's just there for everyone to learn. And they, they also have these um, recommended analysis prompts. So if you're if you're new and you're not exactly sure what to do, you'll get five questions on the data set that, that really just point you in the right direction. And then you go try to do that on your own. And and we use the data playground data sets for these challenges.
1: Awesome. And um, so we're, we're offering a challenge for. So we're launching our own learning silvertone analytics learning pl- platform. We're still in the beta phase right now. And part of our courses we're including a LinkedIn challenge. So this may scale up and not be feasible for every single person who finishes our course. But for the time being, if you take our course, there's a, a, a module that's going to say, here, take the work that you've done, customize it in your own way, tag us in LinkedIn, and I'll give you at least three points of feedback on how you can improve further. And you can tag me as many times as you want. Now, I realize this is not scalable. We actually just pushed Play on ads as of this morning, so I don't know. Um, that's like a whole can of worms that I, I've not explored yet. Like actually trying to scale up Facebook, YouTube, or Google Ads. So who knows what what that's going to be like? But for the time being, you can come to learn at Silverton Analytics and you can start to participate in our challenges there.
2: Yeah, um, so it's such an awesome offer to to be able to get feedback from you, right? And and it's a free it's a free offer, like. Why wouldn't you take take them up on it? You know.
1: Well, OK, so this is an interesting point in that. And I don't know if you if you I don't know if you go in this direction. So I've been on Udemy for multiple years now, and I've noticed that from a kind of a strategic perspective, I'm getting thirty five thousand students on a course, but they're they put very low effort and they're very needy to where we're going the opposite direction where we're charging $200 for a course, but then you get more access to us. And it's, it's the people who see it as an investment rather than, I think that um, something that is emerging and you may actually disagree with me on this. I think that the hard skills are becoming increasingly commodified. So it's like a race to the bottom for all of these skills courses. And I'm more of like a data strategist. Like I, I use data to drive business decisions. So I'm, I'm I'm communicating that within the course, which the, the course is typically on Udemy. And I know that, that you guys, Chris Dutton has like what, over a million people who've taken his Udemy courses. Yep. Um, maybe we could we could pivot this conversation a little bit into because actually this is one of the questions we've got is how, how do you learn analytic skills? Like what are the pros and the cons? And I'm actually working on a uh see,
2: John David, I think you might be frozen. Um, Can folks hear
1: me still? Hold on me. I'm going to try to come back, come back in. Okay, so the power went out at my house. Again, this is the second time that's happened. Um, Huh. Okay. So let me see if I can contact John. We can just have this episode through mobile. Can you guys hear me, by the way? I know it doesn't look great, probably. Sorry guys, we're having some technical difficulties. Um, here we go. All right. All right, sorry. Hey, there we I, go. The power only goes out in my house in the middle of live stream. So I've been here for this new place for four months. I've, I've had two power outages. Both of them have happened between noon and one. On Friday, so I, it's it's a
2: powerful stream.
1: <laughs> you, you're right; the power grid just cannot handle the level of intensity that's just coming off this. This is <laughs> this is like I, now. I need to keep it like this. All right, sorry guys, I'm improvising in real time because I've never been on the mobile interface before. But um, you're making a point. Uh, where were we? <laughs> sorry, I'm a little frazzled right now, I'm
2: trying to get no you you. You were telling us um, about something that you're uh, that you've got coming up, and and I was on the edge of my seat.
1: Um, what do I have coming up? We were talking um, about data
3: challenges and whatnot. Um,
1: right. Okay. So we are now starting to look towards like non the nonprofit sector to start doing community events because one of the things that I think is really neat and an opportunity about nonprofit sector is that they want their impact in the community visualized and they actually want to use that as marketing. So we can use that to kind of help build analytic skills like in our communities. Wow, 34 people are still on the live stream. That's wild. <laughs> how, That's how
0: good
2: gravity, that yeah. <laughs> a few minutes at least, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, and now I know like I've got a backup con- a contingency plan of, all right, if power goes out again. Which that would be, what are the chances of that? I mean, if all if it, I'm
3: saying is next time you give me admin role, I'll drag myself back up and entertain these people for hours on end.
1: That's okay. what I'm saying. All right. We need to do that for sure. Uh, I didn't know that we could do that within StreamYard. So we're, just, I mean, we've, we've been using StreamYard, what, Hunter, for like two months now? Yeah. So this is, this is relatively new. And it's yeah. such a different vibe talking into a phone than into a camera. But um, all right. I think we were talking about learning analytics. And I think one of the, the most useful things about these challenges is that it gives you a specific project to focus on. Because, like, like you have barriers. Like, because um, one of the questions that we talked about off air is, well, where do I start? Like, if I want to get into the data analytics space, yeah. how do I even start that journey? Because it's so overwhelming. You can be data scientist, data engineer, business analyst, data analyst, do you be a data steward? Like, do you have any advice on how, how do you even start that conversation or even start that thought process?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think a few things I'll say on that is um, I, I do think you should try to have somewhat of a plan um, and, and try to get a sense for the space. Like, what are all the things that I might be able to learn? What are the things that I'm most interested in? Um, ask those questions. You know, what is, what is a data analyst versus a data scientist versus a database administrator or a data engineer? Um, th- those types of things, and and really have a plan that uh, even write it down of steps that you want to take towards learning those things. But then don't obsess over it. Right? Like when I when I say you should have a plan like that plan could take you an hour to put together with a little research and then just start going and, and start learning what, what you think is is good because you could obsess forever over, am I learning the exact right things? Which skills are, are really in demand? And it's just so much better to actually start making progress. Um, but, but it's find that balance um, to, to point yourself in the right direction, right? So um, the, the, the specific advice I'd give on that is, is think about kind of what are the problems that you're most interested in in working on? Is it like deeply technical stuff, working with huge amounts of data, trying to corral it, trying to uh, build the infrastructure? Like, is that really exciting to you? Um, if so, then maybe you're more of a data engineer type, more of a uh, database administrator. Me personally, I'm, that's not as exciting. I, I do some of that work to necessitate the part that I do really love, which is using the data to try to figure out how to make businesses run more efficiently and, and how to grow companies. Um, and so if, if you like that stuff more, kind of diving in, trying to find growth levers, uh, cost savers, how to make customers happier by using data, then you're probably more on the data analysis side. Um, if, if you are just really interested in trying to go the modeling route and, and that's sort of like a little bit of a blend of, of the technical and the digging for insights, then it's maybe more data science. And and so like, I'd say, ask that question first. Like, what are you excited about? And then you can start going, okay, now I know I'm a data scientist in the future or I'm a data analyst. And uh, once you kind of know that direction, then you can start building out a concrete path a little bit for yourself.
1: Yeah, uh, it's funny because we we say something very similar. Uh, I think the way I frame it up is, are you more interested in people or things? If you're more interested in things, like de- designing systems, then you're probably more on the technical side. If you're more um, kind of people centric, then maybe you're lighter on the tech side, but more heavy on the communication side. So, I mean, that's kind of like a, a very quick kind of test you can run yourself of what is the general direction. But at the same time though, you don't really know until you get out there.
2: It's- oh, John, David lost your audio. Oh, can you hear me now?
3: yeah now we're good yeah sorry my mom's calling
1: (laughs) this stream's just been like (laughs) now
3: we got john david's mom calling. bring her on yeah yeah get her on the podcast let's go
1: my mom's my new co-host we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know maybe she can
3: maybe she can show some of your baby photos i think our stream might be interested in
1: that i don't know if you guys can handle that that level of cuteness is uh i see i had a bowl (laughs) cut when i was a kid i don't know if you guys know that
2: i did too any chance of bringing it back
1: Um, you know, I think it's, I think, I think it's, it's, fashion trends are kind of headed back that way. Mm -hmm. I think so. (laughs) Awesome. Um, okay. So let's, let's hop into Hunter. Can you share your, um, share your power BI and then. John, can let's let's start critiquing that. John? My, pa-
3: you mean? Sure. Do you mean my Tableau? Did you mean my Tableau Public that I worked on? Yeah, yeah, today? Tableau Public. Yeah. All right. Um,
2: nice today, fresh project.
3: I just upload. I uploaded it to Tableau Public today, but I've been working on it over the course of the week. Great. Um. Let's see.
1: Hunter. You see it down it's, there? Uh
3: There you go. Not, yeah. It's, a, it's It's up there right now.
1: Yeah. Cool.
3: Um so cool. No. let me give a little bit of a preview to this. So this is part of the marketing uh, capstone course that Silverton Analytics has been offering. Um so this is the yeah, this is the marketing marketing analytics um for Amazon and for Facebook sales. Um, not including attribution. We actually, for the, over the last two podcast episodes, we had feedback from our viewers, and a lot of people were very interested in is uh, at, attribution of the of the ads as well. And so we actually are adding a segment. Uh, there's going to be a new uh, section of the marketing analytics course that talks about attribution. And so this is a very basic. This is a very basic dashboard right here showing um amazon sales and ad spend facebook sales and ad spend um as well as roi charts um a few things that i a few things a few other things um this is based on just the bare bones uh hard skills of the course this was designed to get you into the thick of things in tableau it's not really it's not really the end product so to speak um, so what I'm looking to do is to add some uh, ratios so that you don't have to do as much math um, in terms of like sales to ad spend, for example. I want to add a few um, a few title cards here and there so that it's easier to see at a glance what the high points and low points might be. Um, and other than that, uh, I want to see where I, I just I'm gonna play around with it a little bit. Um, this is just supposed to be the uh, the primary focus of it. So I awesome. wondered if you had any thoughts about that.
2: Yeah, that's no, no, great, Hunter. Um, so I love um, working with with paid marketing. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that that I got into in my career and, and had the most fun with. Um, so, so you're you're definitely uh, tugging at my heartstrings with this one. Um, and I would say the first thing I'm doing here is I'm, I'm sort of squinting to try to figure out what the yellow and the blue line and, and the, the green and the red lines represent. So I'd love a legend somewhere just to say this one's spend, this one's uh, revenue produced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say start with that. Like always, make sure if if somebody was just looking at this and you weren't there, that they could understand the data that you're um, you're presenting to them. Just so stick that on there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then the the other thing that I I think you touched on, what I think is the really important thing when you're looking at uh, return on marketing spend is right now. I think you've got spend and revenue driven, right? Are the two lines? Right. Yep. And and I think translating that um, into that ratio of of either you know you call it ROI or ROMS, return on marketing spend, return on ad spend. Yeah. Um, when you when you can bring it into that that metric, like that's really what you care about, right? So when I used to run uh, some pretty large marketing budgets for um, for a couple of companies that that I was working at before Maven. And that's, that's what we cared about is spending a dollar and making at least a dollar 15 or a dollar 20. Um, so trying to get that positive, uh, return and it's, it just makes it so much easier if you can break down that, um, that ratio, like you talked about. So I, th- I think you're really already on the right track with this stuff.
3: Yeah, this was just, this was just the, uh, kind of getting into things. There's also two other segments of the marketing course that, uh, you can't get from just looking at my dashboard that I created. Um. Yeah. And so what so like you said I want to add those um, those legends I actually think there were legends already attached I think just for the because I was kind of trying to get this out before this this episode I think I removed them because uh, I think they were they were messed up in the formats or something like that um, but nonetheless I'm glad that you can can appreciate the uh, the information that that is portraying at least um, yep. did you have any
2: yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll just throw one more thing on there. So like, let's say you're the analyst and, and you were presenting this to me as the, the guy who owns the channels. Um, it, I think my, my next question after what you've got here, which is basically how are the channels doing um, is how can I improve the, those channels? So it would be, is there a way to, to go one level deeper and say these specific ads within Amazon are really efficient, but these ones are not? Um, Same thing with Facebook. Is it, are there certain targeting methods within, within Facebook? Um, So it's, it's always, this is always the first step, just produce the scoreboard so that people can see how well it's doing. But then the next layer, the the actual playing field is what are those levers that I can optimize? And that's going to be ad creative, your targeting metrics. Um, So, you, you probably go into that more, you know, in detail, but that's, that's always the first question that I'd be asking when I, when I see something like this.
3: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because there is attribution data in the data set at this point, we, we went back and updated that. So we have like uh, Facebook ad one, Facebook ad two and returns on those. That's just something that hasn't been implemented in the course yet. And so, uh, when I was going through the course, I wanted to make sure that I was following along, um, pretty exactly i actually if you if you were interested at all then you can go back and watch the last episode where we went over and reviewed my um power bi uh i made it i made this exact dashboard almost um visualized differently in power bi um and i had that critique last week um and that was before i had actually taken the course so now that i've taken the course it's a lot more clear and concise um and there's there's more that i can play with later on um that will be useful information and make it even even just that much more uh, in depth.
1: Yeah, I think having context for the analysis you're doing is is really really important. That's that's one of the main obstacles I think of getting your foot in the door is having a problem to solve. Like it's almost like you need the problem to solve before you build a skill set. I mean, you can you can learn generalized frameworks, but until it's applied, it's not really it's almost like rote memorization versus actual specific knowledge. Right. Yep. Um sorry, I got cut off again. Where where <laughs> where where are we in the conversation?
3: Well we actually just finished up we I got a few good pointers including you know including legends and talking we talked a little bit about attribution, how that was included in the course now. Um, okay. and there was a few other uh, There's a few other bits and pieces there that I'm, I can go back and add. Um, I think we got through the criticism of just the, of the dashboard itself. What do you think, John?
2: Yeah, I think it's great. The, I'd say one, this is like a super minor thing. And I went probably 10 years before I figured this out. And I, I figured it out because I ended up having a, a business partner who was colorblind. And so to a colorblind person, red and green look very similar. Um, so I, I, in the ones on the right... Um, I always try to after having worked with him, I, I try to avoid red and green. And and the embarrassing thing is for the ten years leading up to working with him, I always used green for good and, and red for bad. Um and then then he, he really uh was like, Hey man, I'm I'm having a hard time following this story in the board meeting because uh you're you're killing me with these colors. So that's you know. super
3: that's super interesting. That's like so that's so interesting to hear. That's like, you never would think about something like that, but now that you've like brought it to my attention, like that's like always going to be in the back of my head. Like, Oh, what if, what if a colorblind person is looking at this? I got to make sure that's, it's clear for them too. You know? Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I mean, just the more you get into it, the more like, um, so not the last episode of the episode before that, um, Ash was talking about the nuances of attribution. And he was talking about, well, like So the way that we've approached attribution in this this case study is that each ad has a specific promo code attached to it. So that's how we're tracking, which is actually how um, a lot of um, the tracking I've done on my Udemy courses over the years. It's, it's a specific promo code ties back. Um, and it, it's a shame because I think you can only do like three a month now to where you could do unlimited. And I think when I first got on Udemy, I'd have a unique promo code for each YouTube video. So I'd know which specific YouTube video is driving the traffic towards my courses. Um, but he was talking about, well, what if someone sees the ad and then forgets to put in the promo code? So then that's another little edge case right there. And those edge cases are, I mean, there's a huge amount of them and it's unfeasible for you to learn them in a traditional classroom setting. Awesome. Yeah, um, so
2: it's, it's great critical thinking to even raise raise those corner cases and start to think about how you might attack them. So so that's great.
1: Yeah, that's true. I well, I mean, it's just kind of like you're you're taking the floaties off and you're getting in the, the deeper end of the pool where you have to yep. you have to think. You can't base your decision off of a framework that was given to you. Yep. Which I think that's that's really that's one of the main skill sets that you have to have in this space is being adaptable. I mean, I'm I'm being somewhat adaptable right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it feels really <laughs> awkward to me being on my phone instead of I've got this nice setup. The power still has not come back on in my place. I don't know what is the deal.
0: Um,
1: but okay, let's head over. We can we're gonna cut to a commercial break and then we can talk about um, after the commercial break. We can open up Q and A and then we can talk about. Uh, so Maven is doing a new boot camp. Isn't that right, John?
2: Yes, we are. Yeah, it uh, launches in September. So, um, yeah, happy to happy to talk th- about that uh, after we do a little Q and A uh, and and get this commercial break in.
1: Awesome. Sounds good. All right. So we're gonna cut. I'm doing this on my phone. Is different. Okay. All right. So uh, this should work. Are you looking for real data to analyze, an actual problem to solve, an experience worth talking about in an interview? Well, in this case study course you get a real-world problem with a messy data set and a business outcome that's on the line. My name is John David, and I'm the founder of Silvertone Analytics, a boutique consulting agency that focuses on business analytics. I'm also a professor of analytics at Greensboro College. And in 2021, I had the privilege of combining these two worlds. My real-world Greensboro College students got to work with my Silvertone Analytics clientele. For the analytics minor capstone course at Greensboro College, this case study course is modeled after the lesson. All right, I think it's. I don't have enough uh, internet bandwidth to play that. So that was playing glitchy for you guys, right? No, it actually sounded fine. No, not pretty smooth. <laughs> All right, well, cut the cut the ad short. It, it was it was coming like every third word was coming through on my end. Um, but here, let's get back to the comments. Um, here, I can add Al back in too. Al. Al, are you still there? Let's see. Um, if Hunter or Al, do you guys have any questions that you saw come up in the... now. In the- oh, okay. was-
3: um, I actually wasn't keeping this track. I don't know if Al, you he saw anything. Back there. Oh, I found one right here. Um, S. Hanna Soge. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Um, how do you know when you are good enough to start applying or or uh, do you do learning and job hunting at the same time simultaneously? Uh, what's the balance there?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I would say don't wait. Um, even if, say, maybe you're not good enough to nail the interview right now, you want to learn both the the tools of the trade and how to think like an analyst. And then simultaneously you want to start learning about what's going to get you traction in actually landing interviews and and maybe even getting some real interview prep. Um, So, you know, I would probably start with trying to learn a little bit, but then uh, pretty quickly afterwards, uh, I I think it's great to just start thinking about uh, what types of companies you would want to work for. What are the specific types of roles that are out there? And then, be, because the sooner you start doing that, if you see like, "Hey, I was learning Excel, but then there's there's so many of these Power BI roles at the company that that I want to work for, maybe that's a pivot that you make." Um, and just starting to get your get a sense for what's going on in the space uh, is really smart, and you can learn about that too. So, hopefully, that that helps with your question. Just just get started.
3: Yeah. I agree. I uh, I started doing. Um, I started out obviously in John David's course at High Point, but after that, I kind of just I kind of just jumped into the thick of things. I tried to get as involved on this as I could. I started watching the podcast frequently. I ended up watching it so much that I became a guest on it somehow. I don't know how that ended up happening, um, but. I ended up with an internship. Uh, now I've been, I've been learning still constantly on, I've, I've used LinkedIn Learning a little bit. I've used, obviously now we have the Silvertone analytics platforms I've been learning on. And uh, yeah, I would agree a hundred percent. You kind of have to just jump into the thick of it and do do a little bit of both. Um, seeing if we have any other questions. Let's see, I don't really see any at the moment.
1: Okay, well, we can... Uh, can you guys hear me, by the way? I'm, I'm hearing some, like, severe crackling through the phone. I yeah, there's, there's a little bit of some... crackling. Yep, a little bit okay. of crackle now. I, I wonder if it's me, my end, which... This,
2: uh... I'm pretty sure it's you because it stopped when you uh, cut yourself from the feed a minute ago.
1: Okay, I feel like right now. It's, like, trying to figure out my phone. Um, okay, I guess... Been uh, an interesting <laughs> podcast stream. Let's let's go, to um, John. Why, why don't you tell us about this boot camp that, that you guys are putting out? Sure,
2: sure, absolutely. So, um, so this is the first time that uh, that we've done that. Um, we've historically done self-paced courses entirely, and um, now we're going to be doing this twelve-week full-time intensive boot camp, and it's it's very much in line with the theme of this podcast. Um, trying to get your first job in data so if if that's your goal um trying to break into a career that's the uh the purpose of this boot camp and so what we're going to do is over this 12-week period um we estimate about roughly 30 hours of commitment per week kind of full-time so that's why we're we're going for people who don't yet have a job but would like to break into the space Um, Someday we may also add a part-time program, um, but but right now it's it's really going to be uh, people who are currently looking for work, and we'll take you through Excel, Power BI, Tableau, um, and SQL, and then we round out with some career prep courses where we help you get your resume together, we help you get LinkedIn uh, tightened up, and then we'll uh, we'll do some interview prep for you. We'll do some some live uh, mock interview practice, and then. You know the end of this this program. The the goal is to to land people in a job um, working in in the data field, and it's uh, we've got a full money back guarantee on it. Um, that was super important to us. Even before we got the final curriculum down, um, we said we, we really if we're going to do a bootcamp style program, we want to guarantee that we're going to put people in roles. Um, that puts the incentive on us to to get the curriculum right, uh, make sure there's tons of hands-on projects that people can show to employers, make sure everybody's really well prepared uh, in terms of thinking like an analyst, um, thinking about uh, how to market themselves at the end. So uh, really, really excited about it. We're we're gonna keep it pretty small. We initially were saying maybe we wanna do like 25 or 50 students. And as we've talked to more people, we've, we've tightened it up and we said, we're going to target roughly 10 people uh, to go live in this cohort. So it's, it's pretty exclusive. um, And that's going to allow us to give a ton of attention to these individual people and really make sure that they can land that job that they've been gunning for. Um, So I'm really excited about it. It's probably the most exciting thing that we've done in a while. And uh, you know, I, I love my job every day anyway, so that that's saying a lot.
0: Okay,
1: awesome. I think uh, I'm the source of all the crackling. Um, It seems to be better now. uh, (laughs) This has been an interesting live stream for sure, but um, John, we got to get you back on when the power doesn't cut out like right in the middle of everything. (laughs) It was going so well and so smooth. Um, But at the... okay. Interesting. So, I think that's let's, let's bring this uh, live stream to an end just because I don't want everyone to have this terrible crackling in their ears. But, um, so what's the best place for people to connect with you and Maven Analytics, John Foller?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'd say, um, we're pretty big on LinkedIn. Go check out the Maven Analytics LinkedIn page. Um, and if, if you're interested in either our courses or a boot camp, uh, just Come to the website at mavenanalytics.io, um, and actually, we'll, we'll throw this in for for anybody who is interested in the bootcamp. If if you put an application in and you mention uh, this podcast, we'll take twenty percent off the tuition. So, um, just a little extra oh, wow. incentive to uh, to help us with our attribution here. So, hey, awesome.
3: attribution.
1: There we go. Yeah, there we go. Attribution. Yep. All right. Well, thank Bring you it guys all so back. Much for being on, and thank everyone. Thanks everyone for being patient in the chat. Um, this is a little bit of an unusual podcast episode. My power is still not back on. I'm not sure what is going on here, but I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend and I will see you guys later.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: as if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.